Hey, player two. Come in, sit down. I'm Kitty M, the old geek, and this is not how Land of Pod usually starts. Usually, you wake up in a dark room. I introduce myself as the old geek who's going to take you through the Land of Pod, the geekiest world there is. It's kind of a riff on Dungeons and Dragons. And then we go and have geeky adventures, where we learn about geeky things, but not this week, player two. Because this week, Justice League hits cinemas, and boy do I have some thoughts on it. So see this as a special one-shot for Land of Pod, just about Justice League, the movie. i got the perfect place to discuss it. Come on, player two. Let's roll. Player two, we're in the Justice League headquarters, and I don't want you to think about what I had to do to get in here. Let's just say it involved grappling hooks and sewer pipes. Oh god, the mess. Anyway, we are here to talk about the new Justice League movie, and this comes in two parts my thoughts on it, and then my thoughts on other people's thoughts on it. Here we go. My thoughts. I loved it. Go and see it. My thoughts on people's thoughts who are like, it wasn't that good of a movie. Those people are wrong, and they can sit there in their wrongness, and you can believe them and not go and see a really awesome film. You can believe me and go see a really awesome film. There you go, that's it. What's that? You want more? Real suck of a punishment, hey, player two. Okay, so with the new Justice League movie, if you're a DC fan, I think you're going to get a lot out of this. If you're not a DC fan, there may be less for you. It's a little choppy, but then I'm not sure how you meant to set up a movie with essentially six main characters, most of whom are unknown to non-DC fans, plus a godlike supervillain in the space of two hours while conveying the gravity of what has gone on before in this universe. I mean, God is dead, and the world is plunging not into chaos, but despair. It would have been an easy choice to have the streets filled with Joker-led psychos or even government-sanctioned armies imposing a type of martial law. Instead, it's fear. Fear that brings hatred that is the enemy. The reason this decision hits home, at least for me, is because of the world we're in right now. It's mirroring who we are and where we are as a society. How we react to the loss of one person, who we place all the importance on for keeping the balance. When the truth is it takes more than one person to keep the world good because it takes more than one person to make the world bad. But that fear, that frenzy we're caught up in when our heroes fall... That's a real thing. And Justice League shows this. Even more than it talks about it. Though it does talk about it. There's discussions about humanity, what we do to each other, what we're doing to our planet. Those discussions take place and they do it the way it happens in superhero comic books. Which brings me to the shots. Now, some of them aren't great and the editing has done the best it can. But when it's good... There are some great splash page moments in this movie. A splash page in a comic book is a full page explosion of imagery. It can be a group shot, a fist to the face. It's a thing that signals this is epic. And there are enough in the Justice League movie. Not too many though, which I sometimes felt detracted from the Wonder Woman movie because just get on with it. At the same time, I'm never going to see any Gal Gadot scene and be like, this isn't totally awesome. She's wonderful. 
I love her. But even in the more mundane camera shots, the whole movie reminds me of reading a comic book. This is something Snyder did well in Batman v Superman, and this is something Jenkins did well in Wonder Woman. They take shots that look like a frame by frame of a comic. It makes sense to appeal to this visual style for readers of comic books and for people who aren't readers of comic books because it's just a pretty cool style. The colours are good in this too. It does have its dark moments, but it's tempered by the light. And there's more variety, but it also doesn't shy away from the dark moments. As a story, the same holds true. I realise there's basically two directors on this. You've got Snyder and you've got Wedden. Snyder is great at dark stories. I like how he does that. But you can see the Wedden influence on this story that I think brings an interesting lightness when needed. It would have been a mistake to make this movie be like Batman vs Superman or make it just like Wonder Woman, simply because this is a Justice League story and it needs all of those different shades. That said, the humorous moments aren't overplayed, which makes their appearance more surprising and refreshing. One of the elements of Marvel movies that I don't entirely enjoy is how they make light of things all the time. There's a rhythm that Wedden has that is doom, 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 silence, fart. It's not a bad rhythm and it's funny, but when it's overplayed, it becomes annoying and easy to spot. If I can tell the punchline is coming up, then half of the impact is lost. But talking about impact, the Amazons, man. The scenes with the Amazons are so fierce. They are a breathtaking display of female viciousness, battle ability, and teamwork I haven't seen before. And it's sad that it's taken it this long for it to arrive, but boy am I glad it's here. As for the main characters, they were all who I needed them to be. The interactions between Flash and the rest of the team, particularly his scene with Cyborg, were adorable and sweet. There will be comparisons between him and Spider-Man, make no mistake. Tom Holland is a sweet, pure ball of wholesomeness, and I will defend him with my life. But Spider-Man is a wisecracking cute kid. Whereas Flash is still funny and a kid, but I don't know, the way Ezra Miller plays him, there's a gentleness to him that it makes me smile. Then you've got Cyborg. He is a strange mix, as he should be, of humanity and all-encompassing knowledge. Ray Fisher does a great job of this, because he comes across as tough and cold and calculating and imposing, but there's also a very real fear in him that he could end up hurting people, and that drives him to be more reckless with himself than he needs to be, which makes you want to protect him all the more. These are two of the youngest members of Justice League, and we should be feeling these things about them. And it's easy to. Wonder Woman, with everyone, is magical. That's what she does. In fact, I'm not sure it's Wonder Woman, it might just be Gal Gadot. Everyone is in awe of her, as it should be. I found her interactions with Batman the most interesting, because where there is a sexual tension on Batman's side, there's not on hers. If she shows any concern, it's on a human level. There's a part where he is hurt and she does rush to help him, but not because she wants to make out with him, but because he's someone who's in pain and she wants to fix that. Aquaman is just a boss. He's like if a cat liked water and also the cat could control water and it's not a cat but it's a person and they're all like, yeah, we're doing this thing. I don't want to say much more about him, but his appearance in Justice League makes me all the more ready for his movie later this year. Soups does show up, but he's just Superman. 
which is what he needed to be. I wish they just shaved that mo. Possibly the biggest negative in the film was the CGI top lip, but whatever. Henry Cavill is so good at playing a god, and he's got that good boy from next door thing that seeps through everything. And when he shows up, Wonder Woman stops being the apple of everyone's eye as far as the Justice League is concerned. For everyone. And then we've got Batman. Before I go any further, yes, Ben Affleck is a trash human being. He's done terrible things that he shouldn't have done and does not deserve instant forgiveness for. He's got a long road back from his transgressions and it's going to take him time to do that. He needs to be better than he has been. And I know he can be articulate and focused on important issues. I know he can be a compassionate person, but it's going to take time. Time I hope he will use to make things right for people. Despite the fact he is a trash human, I am an Affleck fan. Which, I get that that also makes me a trash human. And even if I wasn't a Ben Affleck fan, I'd probably still be one. I believe he can go from trash in a human suit to decent person in a human suit. I think people can do that. And he's also just my favourite Batman. He's the best Batman yet because he knows how to do subtle. He can deliver a joke, and when that joke is a one off the top of his head and heinously inappropriate, he can do it well to elicit actual genuine laughs. Batman is a man lost, a man aware of his own inabilities and the smallness of him in comparison to those around him. As a fan of Batman, it's good to see him like this. It's good to hear him questioning himself and acknowledging his failings. I like Batman because, just like him, I know I can never be a good person inherently. I have to keep trying at it. But my own shortcomings and past mean I will never have the appropriate ratios of intelligence and compassion to achieve good person status or even come up with ways that we can all be better people. To hear Batman be like that, to know it but to try anyway, gave me hope. Wedden and Snyder also know how to world build. And they know about leaving easter eggs for fans. And there are many in this. So please watch it. See the hints. Look at the background. Stay until the end of the credits. All the way to the end. It's so good. And after you do, I hope, like me, you find that you really, really enjoyed it. I'm not saying there aren't issues. There's much that could have been done better. There's so much more story I wanted to see, but then the last time a massive story was released for the DC movie universe, it was cut by about an extra 40 minutes to appeal to the masses, who then turned on it because they didn't get it. So we got this Justice League story instead, which, while probably inferior to its original, which judging by all the cutscenes that people are talking about, was going to be on a scale to make even the harshest fan critic fall in love, this movie still works, and maybe it will give DC Movie Universe the confidence it needs to rise again. Despite the fact, you'll be hearing lots of people ready to slam it. So, here's some thoughts on the thoughts of those people. And what comes next might be harsh, but I think I'm being quite generous in considering some of these particular thoughts as being full actual thoughts at all, because they're not. They're a fleeting flash of a synapse firing that their originator latched onto and rode all the way to the end point of actually expressing it without deeper assessment or consideration of said flashing thought. If it sounds like I'm angry player two, it's because I am. 
because I am sick of these assessments of films that don't go deep and then, with their shallow insights, cause major damage to a franchise. They did it with Batman vs Superman. Now we've got Affleck umming and ahhing every time people ask him whether he'll continue. It fueled the rumours of problems around the latest Batman movie. It cast a dark and heavy cloud over Justice League. And I suspect it played somewhat into the hot mess that was Suicide Squad, which had all the elements of being a decent film, but instead sought to be popular instead of deep and failed on all fronts. And look, you don't have to like the things I like or even think the way I think about things. I mean, look, not everyone's perfect. That was a joke. I was being sarcastic, taking the mickey out of myself. I'm explaining that joke probably as a subtle jab to anyone who didn't get the more nuanced parts of Justice League and marked it down because they didn't get it. I'm essentially patronising you now. Not to be clever, it's just because I'm not a nice person. Okay, there were three main arguments I've seen against Justice League. Number one, they didn't explain the backstories properly. Oh, oh, did the backstories of characters that have been around for decades not get explained for you in a two-hour movie that's not about their backstories, but about them coming together to fight interdimensional evil? We're getting movies about each one of these people. This was meant to get us interested in knowing those stories if we didn't already. Also, what more do you need to know to enjoy the rest of the film? I honestly do not understand how people are not connecting the dots, the fragments of backstory that were littered through Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and now this. Even without BVS and Suicide Squad, what they had in the movie was enough. It was all enough for my mind, which is arguably not the fastest or the best out there. Do you want a long movie where it's all explained in greater detail for you? No, you don't. Because you're the same people who whined over Batman vs Superman being too long. The same ones who harumph when I tell them to watch Ultimate Edition, which yes, has something like 40 extra minutes. You want context, but you want it straight away. It doesn't work like that, boo-boo. And if you think it does, then I recommend you get a helmet because life is about to get so much rougher for you. And I mean in no way to imply that if you did not connect the dots or like that the backstories weren't given more time, that you're a bad person. I don't think that. But nor do I want you to think I'm concerned for how you handle mealtime and whether it means someone has to come around to your house and make aeroplane noises to convince you to eat. Because you need to be spoon-fed things. But what I am concerned about is the amount of times people complain they didn't know enough about the character, then rest their entire authority on the subject of the movies like this, on the fact that they're a fan of the comics and DC. There are plenty of characters that I don't know about, and I consider myself pretty deep in geekery. I know who Cyborg is, but I'm not 100% on his origin story, or at least I wasn't until recently. Why? Because I went and looked into him. He seemed cool, and I'd always known his character was pretty amazing through Teen Titans Go, or more broadly, in the DC animated universe. So the idea that someone will complain and consider a movie flawed, that we didn't get a backstory about a group of characters who are decades old, and whose stories can be easily found by watching a cartoon, reading a comic book, or just typing something into Google, I just think that's lazy and self-important. And I'm not saying I don't do that sometimes too, I do, but I actively work not to. Because whenever I talk about anything geeky, I understand I'm talking about something someone loves. 
So if you wanted more backstory for these characters, consider that maybe the very fact you place your lack of knowledge over the needs of those who already know is a flaw in your character and not in the film's characters. Consider that this film and others like it do not cater to you and your set of pre-existing knowledge because they are not for you. And if they are for you, they're for you to feel buoyed to find out more. But they're not here for you to tear down because you don't know Flash's backstory. Learn it. Second big thing about Justice League was that Amazon midriff outfit. This is the most considered negative against the film and possibly the only one I'm not reacting to with eye rolling. It may get me chucked out of the secret feminist agenda and this may seem like a weird hill to die on but stick with me on this. I love that women are being more vigilant and angry than ever about the trash that's thrown our way, especially when it comes to portrayals of women in all different types of media. It's about time we were listened to when we said women don't need to be plot points or taught to only value ourselves through the ratings of attractiveness to men. I agree with all of that, but I thought those midriff slash leather bikini Amazon outfits were awesome. If you didn't see them, there's a photo floating around the internet, and by floating, I mean it's now floating, but for a while it was heading an utter tsunami of rage on Twitter from women who, rightfully so, were concerned and angered by the fact that once again, strong women had to show off their bodies in order to be relevant. It was a picture that on one side had the picture of the Amazon, as in Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman, everyone covered up because they're here for business, and showing your midriff in battle is generally considered a bad thing. On the other side, a picture of Amazons in Justice League, wearing what was essentially armoured sports bras, muscular stomachs exposed. First, I liked the other picture from the beginning as well, because those women are so strong. And here's where it's a blurry area, because on one hand, the image of scantily clad women for no reason other than the apparent pleasure of straight dudes is a real thing. But on the other, I think there's a huge issue we have around concealing women's bodies when they don't fit an accepted norm. I think one of the ways we can celebrate bodies that don't fit those norms, one of the ways we can show that a norm doesn't mean we're normal, it's just what we're told is normal, is by showing seeing that these bodies exist too. So, personal story time. I was an athlete in high school. My physical form was imposing. My nickname was Steroids, because over a winter, I went from being a scrawny kid to what others saw as a behemoth, I think. Do you have any idea how seeing women like that, strong and imposing and unfazed, or better yet, celebrated as people who could be attractive, have any idea what that would have done for a kid like me? I wore baggy clothes, only showed off my body when I was competing, and even then, it was as much clothing as I could wear, which certainly didn't help in a lot of those athletic pursuits. And people would compliment my form, but then I'd go back to intaking media where women had slightly muscular arms and no six-packs. And I get it. The higher purpose of this particular criticism is making sure that women in general are not sexualized, and maybe we have to focus on the generalized first. But I know as a kid who covered up her body for years because she considered it unwomanly and therefore something to be ridiculed or hated, a kid who stopped being physically strong because there were no examples short of WWE and maybe Xena, where women were athletic and built and not being shunned for being so, even then... We didn't get to see their rippling abs and hardly ever saw those abs in action. That picture would have helped me. I think it's even helping me now. In the movie, 
the reason behind that midriff is exposed. There's actually a very good reason for this. They likely couldn't have worn the standard armor to do the job that those particular women were doing. Most of the other Amazons wear their standard armor, and yes, they're different again from the Atlanteans, but that's because they're different people in different areas. The main takeaway, though, is that the Amazons in Justice League were just as fierce as they are in Wonder Woman. To not acknowledge the raw power they bring to the screen in this movie, to shrug off the amazing strength shown by the women wearing those leather bikinis, is to not acknowledge how boss they all were. And yes, attractive. Highly attractive. I think with feminism, the difficulty is that we all have the same goal, but we're trying to get there in different ways. And we're fighting to have all women recognized as unique. People who have individual experiences based on a whole heap of different societal structures. But in the process of fighting for the whole group, we far too often forget about others. It's a human thing to do. And the mess is largely not one we've created. We're kidding ourselves if we don't think we're going to create more mess of our own when we're cleaning it up. So it's kind of like being in Justice League. But with more women in it, obviously. Okay, let's go from the least stupid argument against Justice League to the most stupid. But Batman only fights the bugs. Yeah, I've left this one till last because honestly, if I started with this, I'd have expended all my energy. Not in blasting those who've said it, but with withholding. Trust me. No matter what comes next, there is so much more I want to say that I recognize is neither productive or conducive to the kind of atmosphere I wish to help create within geeky spheres. See, debate is good. Exchange of ideas and challenging our own, own notions is essential to us as a subculture and humanity in general. People should feel free to say most of the things they think because without that, we lose the ability to define where we are in the world and if that's where we want to be. It's also how we work out whether or not we're saying something stupid. Someone can be like, no, that's stupid. But still, the idea that it could be news to anyone, especially those over the age of 25, the Batman, arguably one of the best known superheroes of all time, who has countless cartoons, adult animations, and movies made about him, whose comic book runs are long and winding and awesome, that it is not a revelation, but instead a concept seemingly ungraspable by so many that no, he can't fight the big bad. He doesn't have superpowers. He's Batman. Are you new to this? Is he a character you haven't heard about before? His superpowers are being privileged. They don't just make reference to it. They out and out say it in Justice League. Here are his superpowers. He's rich, intelligent, white, and able-bodied. That's it. That's what he's got. He can't fight gods. He's not one. He just stands with gods. And in the case of the Justice League, this is a quite literal thing. If you cannot look at the likes of Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Cyborg, and not draw connections between them and the pantheons of gods, like, I get you don't understand the basic backstories of characters not needing to be overstated in a group superhero movie. But this feels really obvious. There is only one time Batman fought a god, at least in the movie universe, and that was in Batman vs Superman. Yes, Batman has fought godlike entities before within the wider DC universe. I'm not saying for a second he hasn't, but more often than not, the entire movie or story arc is around how he will defeat them. 
how he uses his blindingly bright intellect to take down a god, who is usually not a literal god, but a false one empowered by some magic doodad or technological thingy. The takeaway from this is that people making this argument in particular need to think harder on whether they grasp the concept of who Batman is, and in a much broader sense whether they're more invested in disliking something because now it's all the rage to hate on a thing, rather than actually critiquing it. Those are two different things, by the way. Because either you want a movie about how Batman spends his time working out how to kill a god, which no, you don't, because that's what Batman vs Superman was and you didn't like it. Or you want a movie that shows who Batman is, in relation to the rest of the Justice League. Which is small. He is a small human person, with fears and frailties. With every privilege we can really assign a person, he's got it. And he's still nothing compared to them. And if you didn't like that Batman couldn't fight a god, then that says more about you than it does about the very logical choice to not have an actual human fighting an actual god. And maybe I could forgive anyone for pointing this out as a negative in the film if for one moment they'd taken the time for some introspection about why they didn't like it. The discussion you could be having! But they didn't. Because of course they didn't. I love this film player too. It's not without its faults. It's not perfect. But it made my heart happy. It showed the DC Universe for what it can be, and Justice League for what they can stand for. People who have one goal, making the world better, but vastly different paths to reaching that goal. And yeah, that's soppy and weird, but I love it. So, critics who downplay the importance and beauty of this film, they can take a seat, because there is no timeline in which I'm not going to defend this movie or what it's done. It is a foundation on which all other DC movies can now base themselves. It set out with an impossible task of being that foundation, and it got there. I'm really happy with the new Justice League movie player too. And you may not like it, but I really hope you do. And also, see Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition. It's like really, really good. You can like the Land of Pod Facebook page and the Kitty M Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter at ChaosKittyM. Tell me if you love the movie, and if you didn't, I don't know, I don't think I'm ready to talk to people who didn't like it yet. Normal Land of Pod will resume next time. Until then, player two. <laughs>